It doesn't matter who I am really, but so I'm the instigator of all this madness. I'm the tribal leader. And, you know, some of my Russian friends from Romania and Bulgaria and Russia, they call me the supreme leader. And then there are people who call me other things that I'm not going to get into, like cult leader. There's always got to be some hater, you know what I'm saying? But I, uh, in my old life, before I gave my life to Jesus, before I was living for him, I was in the nightclub, uh, party, restaurant, gambling community. I wasn't a drug lord. I was borderline. I had some friends who were drug lords. But um, they're not my friends anymore. <clears throat> I left the pack. But, you know, what I figured, I figured was if we can have so much fun in the club scene, why can't we just have that same amount of fun at church? I can go dance at the club, but I'm not allowed to dance in church. Who gave me that gift anyway? It wasn't the devil. The devil didn't create nothing. So every gift that God has given us is for His glory. It can be used to magnify Him and praise Him. And so I just took the restraints off. And there was a season in my life where, you know, I thought about, I really cared what people thought. And their opinions, especially older uh, people in the church that I looked up to, and I thought were mature. But yet they had all these rules and regulations, and they weren't free. And I would base how I did ministry on whether people were happy or not, and especially, you know, the big givers. We don't want to offend them in any way. So we'll let people who spend all night watching pornography play in the band because they give a thousand bucks a week. I had to kick some people out, and I had to not care about what people think. And what you have to do is you have to step in your identity, who you are, and be you. So I'm just being me. The people that like me will hang around me. People that don't like me, oh, well. Ask the lasagna. And so we are very unique in who we are as a ministry. And every ministry is supposed to be unique based on the calling of the people that God has put in place. And so the atmosphere has to be me. I can't pretend to be somebody here that I'm not. I, I can't operate with Saul's armor. I just got to have my slingshot and my stone and work the way I work so we can take some giants down. Can I get an amen? Amen. And so we don't, need, we don't need stuff that doesn't work for you. We need stuff that's going to work so that you can be victorious in your life. And if I can't be me, then how on earth are you going to be you? So just be you. That's why Siobhan's so cool. 
So anyway, I just said all that to say hi. Welcome to the club. I will know if you like us or if you hate us. If you come back next week, then you kind of like us. If you leave halfway in the service, I know you really can't handle this. And that's fine. But I hope you find the place that fits you when God wants you to be. That's my heart. Find the place that works for you and do that thing with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Find your tribe. Find your clan. And just do what you need to do. Can I get an amen? And so we have people here ranging from infants to, um, to the ancient of days. Talking about Mr. Wayne, don't get offended. Yeah, Mr. Wayne, he's been a pillar through the years. I put him through so much trauma and hassle. But he's still here. He's stuck around. When he first met us in the beginning, this was like 18 years ago, the Lord spoke to him and said, uh, stick with that guy. And he just kind of stuck with us. He just obeyed Jesus. Listen, when God tells you to do something, you either do it or you don't. But if you'll do it, he's going to bless you. Amen. So it's good to just obey God. I don't really have messages. Just so you know. (laughs) Thank you, Fred. I got nuggets. That's right. (laughs) We... We are never going to get over this. So by mistake one day, I said Nick's Nuggets. And and, um, different people take it in different ways, but it's just one of those things I should never have said. And now we'll never live it down. And we'll hear about Nick's Nuggets forever. Chicken nuggets, and then there's Nick's nuggets. <sighs> okay, let's get to the milk of the word, the meat of the word, and the mysteries in the word of God. So we're a happy church, by the way. We don't mind laughing because there's joy in the house of the Lord the last time I checked. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. The Bible tells us to rejoice. Uh, so joy is a, is a thing. Even when Jesus showed up on the planet, the angels were like, rejoice. You know, they were like, they were happy. The Savior of the world has arrived. And so joy is just part of us. The Bible actually says the kingdom of God is righteousness, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. Look at the person next to you and say, you can be in Christ. And you can learn how to be a priest and how to rule as a king. But you need to also be in the Holy Ghost. Because as you're in the Holy Ghost, it produces righteousness. Look at the person next to you and tell him, you cannot be holy without the Holy Ghost. Don't be holy without the Holy Ghost, the thing that makes you holy. Right? Another word for holy is pure. 
Welcome to Pure Church. <laughs> Clean hands and pure hearts will see God. And so part of what we do is we get your heart clean. It's really all I do. I'm a heart surgeon. I was thinking about writing a book called Soul Surgery. Then I thought about it, and I'm like, that makes me a soul surgeon, and that's not biblical. But think about I'm just kidding, Siobhan. Just relax. Breathe. Just a joke. So we're, this season, the Lord has told me that over summer, we're going to step into abundant life. We're going to work on stepping into the abundance of the life of God. There's going to be a breaking and a breakthrough from restrictions that have stopped the life of God flowing into your life. Things that have been holding you back. And those restrictions are in the soul. Right? So when you get saved, your spirit is reborn and your spirit immediately has access to the presence of God. But the thing that keeps you out of the presence is what your mind tells you. And so what we have to do is we have to renew the mind to the Word of God so that there is unity between what your spirit is and what your soul believes. So if there is a block in your belief system, nothing can flow through that area. So what we have to do is we have to unblock that unbelief or that doubt or that deception. And once we remove that, the life of God can flow in that area of your life. So we have to do surgery on the soul. We have to remove things out of your mind, your will, your emotions, your memory, your consciousness, your subconsciousness, trauma. Uh, we have to uproot seeds of destruction. See, the Word of God is seed, it is, and, and Christ is incorruptible seed. And from that seed of Christ, once you are rooted and grounded in the love of God, you can draw from the river of life and begin to produce fruits of life. But if you're still in Adam, then you have the seed of destruction and you are in sin, which produces fruits of death. So we actually have to uproot the tree with everything to get rid of the fruits. Do you understand what I'm saying? So you can't manage the fruit. You can't medicate the fruit. You have to murder this thing. You have to uproot it and throw it in the fire, and you have to destroy it. And there's a lot of people that want to medicate a people into compliance. We need to teach you things to manage your sin, but you don't need to manage it. You don't need to medicate it. You've got to take it out. You've got to bring it to the cross, and you've got to murder that thing. You need to reckon yourself dead to sin and alive in Christ Jesus, right? And so there's this process of the Lord revealing the enemies in your soul to you. And that only happens when the light of God shines in your heart. When the light of truth shines into the darkness, it exposes darkness. And then you know the truth and the truth sets you free. So we are relying on the revelation of God. We're relying on God to shine His light even as it was in the beginning. The Bible says the earth was empty, formless, and void. And God said, let there be light. 
So what God wants to do is He wants to come into the empty, void, dark places in your life, and He wants to shine His light in there and produce something that doesn't exist in your life right now. And this is where the life of God begins to spring forth as God speaks to us. Can I get a witness? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. And so this, what we're talking about, it's not something that I can do. It's something that only God can do. Right? And so you need to be looking to the Lord to shine His light. Speak, Lord. Your servant is listening. Open the eyes of my understanding. Show me things that I've never seen before. Show me the enemies that have me bound. Because the minute you see your enemy, you can be set free from your enemy. But if you can't see something, then you're held captive by it. If a a robber attacks you and is holding you captive, you don't know who they are. You don't know how to get out. But if you see them coming and you recognize what they're getting ready to do, you get Jesus, the strong man, he'll break you free and you move forward. Amen? And so we need to call Jesus our Savior and our Deliverer to come and set the captive free. Right? And so that's what he wants to do. And we've been talking about life. We've been talking about eternal life. We've been talking about life and life more abundantly. John 10.10 says that the enemy comes to do what? Kill and destroy. Why did Jesus come? That you would have life and have it more abundantly. So Jesus wants you to have this abundant life. He wants you to have this life that he has promised you. Um, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Matthew 7, 13. In the New Living Translation says, You can enter God's kingdom only through the narrow gate. The highway to hell or the road to destruction is broad, and its gate is wide for the many who choose that way. But the gateway to life, everybody say the gate to life, is very narrow and the road is difficult and only few ever find it. And so God wants to help you get on this road to life. But you have to choose life. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 20 says, Listen. Today, I am giving you the choice between life and death. Look at somebody around you and tell them, you're the one that has to choose. You have the choice to make. And here God says, you can either choose life or you can choose death. You can choose prosperity or you can choose disaster. It's your choice. The choices you make determine the results you're going to get. The Bible says God cannot be mocked. Whatever a man sows, he reaps. So if you sow into your flesh, you reap corruption. But if you sow into the Spirit, you will reap life everlasting. So we're never going to stand before God and say, God, well, this is your fault. No, everything is our choice. And the minute you start pointing fingers at everybody else and you start taking accountability and saying, I am where I'm at today because of the poor decisions that I made. You've got to stop blaming other people. You've got to forgive other people. You've got to stop making excuses. You've got to put this stuff behind you and you've got to start moving forward with God. 
Have they done some crazy things? Have people been through hell and back? Absolutely, yes. But what good is allowing the thing that destroyed you in the past to destroy your future? Put an end to that destruction and and come into life and start living with God. Don't let the enemy steal the rest of your life. I feel a breakthrough right there. I feel the anointing setting the captive free, holding you bound to mistakes in your past. It is breaking right now in Jesus' name. Say, how do you know? Because I have this surge of power where I want to throw something, go through my body. These moments where I feel like I'm Thor, Ragnarok. And I, I can take my podium and I feel I can throw it right through that wall. It's just like... David said, I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. It's this weird thing that comes on me, and I feel it, and I know that God is breaking something in the room. I hear it cracking like lightning. I hear it. Breaking. You're strange. Very strange. I should tell you stories just to freak some of you out. You guys watch horror movies. So the things I say should be fine. It's amazing to me how people believe in the occult and the devil and all that stuff. But the minute you start talking about the kingdom of God, signs, wonders, and miracles, the power of God, all of a sudden you're weird, you're a flake, you're a cult, you're a crazy. Anyway... It says, I'm giving you the choice between life and death, between prosperity and disaster. For I command you this day to love the Lord your God and keep His commandments, decrees, and regulations by walking in His ways. It's not just, I know Him, i got to walk Him. You've got to walk in His ways. If you do this, big if there, if you do this, your choice, you will live and multiply And the Lord God will bless you and the land you're about to enter and occupy. There's some things that God is getting ready to bring you into, and God wants to bless you in this new season. But if you forget the Lord your God in your prosperity, and I was thinking about that. How do I forget God? I forget to walk in His ways. I forget to obey His commandments. Just because... I have broken through doesn't mean I can fall back into doing things the old way. I have to keep doing the same thing that I did to break me through to stay there. For example, you could lose 30 pounds. You were disciplined. You ate right. You exercised. You drank your water. You got your rest. You didn't have cheat days. You worked hard. You lost the 30 pounds. Now that you've broken through, you can't go back to eating the way you used to eat. Why? Because you'll just put the 30 pounds back on. What's worse is you'll put on 40 and 50 the next time around. Look at somebody and tell them dieting doesn't work. You have to change your lifestyle. If you don't change your lifestyle, it doesn't remain. It's just temporary. Everybody with me? And it's the same thing with the things of God. When you come into the blessing, you can't fall, get complacent and relax and let off the Word of God that brought you into the breakthrough. You have to stay with it and not forget how you got there. And today I have given you the choice between life and death, between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven to witness the choice you make. 
So God's got witness to the choice you made. What's really crazy is choices happen in your heart. So God keeps record of the choices you make in your heart. That's why God looks at the heart, but man looks at the outside. He records your thoughts. You think God doesn't know what you're thinking? Many times Jesus would look at people and he would tell them what they were thinking. So that means you cannot fool God. I tried to fool God one day for a season in my life. I tried to surprise God. I tried to do things that he wouldn't see coming, like a random thing, right? You should try it. It's so much fun. (laughs) Try surprise God. It's good. God won't see this coming. I'm going to go bless that person. God won't see it coming. No, the person won't see it coming, but God knows. It says, oh, that you would choose life. I beg you, choose life. Why? So that you and your descendants might live. And how do you do this? You can make this choice by loving the Lord your God, obeying Him, and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. Look at somebody and tell them, this is the key to my life, to your life. What is the key? I'm giving you the key right here. It says, you can make this choice, choosing life, by loving the Lord your God and obeying Him and committing yourself firmly to Him. This is the key to your life. And if you love and obey the Lord, you will live long in the land that the Lord God swore to give your ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So there's a covenant God is making with you, and He wants to bless you and your descendants. He wants you to have generational blessings, right? But the way that you break out of the curse is you have to choose to love God and obey Him and commit your life to Him firmly. Not a one-night stand. You're not a weekend Christian. You know, you're not a C&E Christian, Christmas and Easter. You used to be one. I remember you confessed your sin to me. She came to me. She said, I used to be a C&E Christian. I'd only come to church Christmas and Easter, but not anymore. Look at somebody and say, you're somewhere in the future. And you look much better than you look right now. So, go to Romans. And if you're watching online, you're welcome. You know, the days of me just preaching to sound smart are over. I want to give you something that you can really use and it's really going to change your life. You know what I mean? I don't really care about sounding good or looking good. I want to give you truth that will change your life. And I was talking to a group of, a team of people today. And as I was preparing to talk to them, I I asked the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to tell these guys? And the Lord said to me, tell them the things that you wish your father had told you when you were their age. And then I said to the Lord, Lord, but would I have been ready to hear the things my father told me when I was that age? 
And so there's, as much as I want to share certain things with you, are you ready to hear them? Are you ready to receive them? And what I find is that on Sunday mornings, I have to always talk about surrender coming to the cross. Because you have to deal with the outer stuff first. You know, you have to deal with laying down your life. You have to deal with making decisions to surrender your life to God. So Sunday mornings, I always talk about the cross. I always talk about surrender. I always talk about what are you laying down of your old man, right? And then we have Kickstart, which is foundational courses, which is to teach you how to grow in your faith walk, how to begin to shift out of living from your five senses to starting to get foundations in God and begin to understand spiritual foundations. Are you with me? So there is milk of the word, right? And the, you can find this scripture. The milk of the word is 1 Peter 2, 2. Like newborn babies, you must crave the pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into the full experience of salvation. But you have to cry out for this nourishment now that you've had a taste of the Lord's goodness. So you have to crave... Um, you have to crave the Word of God to grow in your salvation experience. But then there's another level that you need to move to. And Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12 says, you know, he starts rebuking people now. He says, you've been believers for so long, you should be teaching others. Instead, you need somebody to teach you again the basic things about God's Word over and over. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat strong meat or solid food. So there has to come a place where you begin to get some teeth, where you can dig deeper into the Word of God and in, become more responsible in handling a stronger diet. See, there's a stronger form of correction that comes to a teenager and to a child than an infant. When you're an infant, you just need to be nurtured and loved and da-da-da. But as you grow, there has to be structure and discipline and correction now that you bring to people. And in this room, there are different um, people at different stages. Some are infants. Some are in the meat stage that can handle strong correction. If you, ha if you handle an infant the way you would handle a teenager, that, te that infant is going to be scarred. Right? But then there's mystery. There's another realm of things, the secret things of God. That God wants to reveal to you. But if God can't get through correcting you, He's never going to teach you these deeper things. And so as a pastor, it's really hard for me in a meeting like this, I have to gauge where people are and determine what I can deliver to the crowd so that we don't choke the infants. We don't scar the babies. And there's some things that you can share that can freak people out. You go off talking in tongues up here and people are like, oh, mama. Right? But I want you to experience life and life more abundantly. And I want you to know there, are, there is a place that you can get to in God where you walk with God as naturally as you walk with people in this realm. Where when you close your eyes, you're immediately in the presence of God. And you in fellowship with God. Even when your eyes are open, your heart is fully connected 
to the Lord. And there is nothing between you and God. And if something tries to come between you and your relationship with the Lord, you recognize it immediately and you shut the door on that thing so that it doesn't yank you out. And you have to decide, am I going to take the bait of the world? Because there's always hooks. There's bait, and then you get hooked. And the enemy wants to hook you into fights. The enemy wants to pull you into the fight ring, and he wants to beat you up like a bully. And if you don't understand how he works, he wants to pull you into some argument, into some debate that is going to leave you bruised, angry, frustrated, irritated, and there'll be no resolution, and it will have stolen a day, two, three days of your life because your attitude stinks. When your attitude on the inside of you is aggression, stress, chaos, turmoil, there's no peace in there. And you can't be in two places at the same time. You're either focused on what's going on in the world or you're focused on what's going on in the kingdom of God. And you have to watch that you don't get pulled into the fights of the world. Because it's real easy to throw your opinion into these rings. And then if you try to correct a mocker, you'll get insulted. And if you try to correct someone who's evil, you will get beat up. And I want to tell you, stay away from fight book. You should delete social media. If social media is pulling you into fights, you need to get rid of that thing because it's stealing your peace. And if you're sitting there scrolling through just trash, that's the diet that you're eating. And Jesus said in John 6, 63... That the words I speak are spirit and life. If you're not hearing words from the Lord, if you're not receiving from the Bible, the Word of God, your spirit man will be male, male, shale, kale, male nourished. And you will be weak and you will not have strength. And the minute that you shift out of love, you go into fear and your faith no longer begins to work and operate for you. Because you've been distracted. And you've been pulled out of the presence, the joy, the peace, and the righteousness of God. And now you're acting like the old man used to act in your flesh, which is ugly. And there's always another, another bait that the world has to throw at you to get you hooked. And I find that I can't spend time on social media and have a good relationship with the Lord. Because either the Bible has your focus or other people have your focus. And if you feel like you're missing out on something, you're really not. Because the things that God wants to show you are far greater than anything else the world has to offer. So I want to encourage you to get a journal. I want, you to, I want to encourage you to get a book that you can actually write things in. Don't have an iPad or a phone or anything. Get a pencil or a pen. And get a book where you can write in and you can make personal notes. Because what happens is when you go spend time with the Lord, if you have your phone with you, you have notifications that keep going off and they begin to distract you. You say, well, let me look up a scripture. Let me do a search for something. And then 
the minute you open any homepage of any search engine, the things that you have been looking at, there's going to be a new population of some of the things that have your interests. And now, all of a sudden, you know, everything that Elon Musk is doing and what Tom Cruise is doing and what Thor is doing and your favorite Marvel movie and your favorite cooking show, all of a sudden, is right there in your feed. And then before you know it, you've spent 10 minutes scrolling through things before you realize, no, that's not why I'm here. I'm here to spend time with the Lord. So you have to get rid of distractions. And I encourage you to get a journal where you can actually write down things that the Lord speaks to you. And what I have on the inside of my journal, right there on the front pages in all my journals, I have God's words to me. So this is the Bible. This is God's word to us. But then there are specific things that the Lord wants to say to you. They are mysteries concerning your life. God wants to show you glimpses of your future in Him and the good works that He's prepared for you to do. But if you don't spend time with the Lord, how are you ever going to see the things that He wants to show you? And if you're not living in faith by what God has to show you about your future, then you're either living in just the present, what you see around you, or you're living in the past. And I tell you, when you begin to live in the life that God has for you, you live by His Word, you grow up spiritually, you start learning how to hear from God, and you spend time developing your relationship with the Lord, the Lord will begin to show you things that you've never experienced before. Are you with me? And this is where your life comes from. He is the author of life. He is the God who created life. He is life. He is light and He is love. And if you hang out with Him, your life will change. You can come to church and your life not change. But you spend time in the presence of God and you have encounters with the Lord. He transforms you from the inside out. So the presence of God, the minute you come into the presence of God, you're actually face to face with God. And when you're in somebody's presence, He can talk to you and you can talk to Him. Right? Many of us go into our time with God wanting to vent and frustrate and talk about our problems and our issues, our spouses, our kids, what's going on in the world. What you have to do is you have to wash that stuff out of you with the Word of God. Put yourself in remembrance of who you are, whose you are, what the promises are in the Word of God. you got to wash out that junk with the water of the Word. Start reading your Bible. Start reading your Word. Start meditating on the Word. In our Kickstart class, we have manuals, and all it is is scriptures. I talk around the scriptures, but they're there so that you can take those scriptures and you can confess them, you can declare them, you can meditate on them and get the Word of God in you. Joshua 1.8 says that you will make your way successful if you meditate on the Word of God day and night. If you will not let it depart from your lips, if you will keep it before your eyes, and you will observe to do what is written therein, you will make your way prosperous and have good success. But a lot of us want, us want the pastor to come and just lay hands on them, and they think they don't have to do any work, and somehow they're going to live in the supernatural life that God has for them. No, you have to work out your own salvation, and you've got to get the Word of God into the tablet of your heart. And when you deposit God's Word on the inside of you and you do the work, you can have the life. Are you with me? 
you can't go to the gym and eat Tootsie Rolls and pizza and think you're going to come out looking any different. Planet Fitness plug right there for you. No, you walk out of Planet Fitness and they have Tootsie Rolls in the jar. And then they have Monday night pizza socials. Really motivating you to work out. John 15, 7 says that if you remain in me or you abide in me and my words remain and abide in you, you can ask for anything you want and it will be granted to you. So, uh, let me tell you a story. So, in this season of my life, I have been promoted in a sense. I've broken through into a brand new place in my relationship with God. There were things that I used to struggle with before that I no longer struggle with in getting into His presence. And I was, when I would spend time with the Lord, I would really try hard to see. Because the Bible says at the entrance of His Word, there is light. And so I would sit there and I would focus on trying to see. And the Lord said to me one day, He said, don't focus on seeing, just see. Say what? Are you focusing on breathing or are you just breathing? Are you focusing on having your heart beat or is your heart beating? And so when you're trying to focus on doing something, instead of it just being natural, you're actually restricting yourself from the very thing you're trying to do. Right? And so instead of coming into God's presence and then doing whatever and then... Show me, Lord. You just, you just relax. Look at the person next to you and say, you've got to relax when you're around God. You know, you're all fidgety and worried and you know, frigidy and stressed. and Just chill. And what you have to do is you have to take your watch off and leave it aside and say, okay, I'm going to hang out here until God shows me something. doesn't matter what your show is doesn't matter what your list of things to do is. And then when you're in that place and something pops into your mind that you were supposed to do, have a pen and pad with a to-do list and just write it down. I'll, get, I'll take care of it. I'll get rid of it. I'll do it. Right? Because if you sit there and start thinking about the thing you haven't done yet, then you're going to get all antsy and you're going to want to go do it to take care of it. Put it on a list and save it for later. Right? That's part of the process in cleaning out the stuff that you have to do. So that you can get to the place where you are chill, you're not stressed, you're not trying to figure something out, you're just hanging out with the Lord. You know, my wife and I can sit next to each other and not say anything, but just enjoy one another's presence. You can get to the place where you know what one another are thinking without even saying anything. And that's the place of unity where God wants to get you to, where you can just be so chill in His presence, and just with the glance of an eye or a look over there, you know things that you don't even have to communicate with words. And there's things in God's heart that He wants to transfer to you as you are just still and in His presence. And the greatest enemy is the distractions in your mind. And you really have to deal with the distractions in your mind. And there are people who are analytical, that analyze everything, and that want to control everything, they want to know everything. And you have a bigger problem than most people because it's all in your brain. 
And this life of faith is not in the head, it's in the heart. And so you have to turn the power supply off to the, to the analyzing head. You've got to tell your head to shut up. You've got to power the brain down, and you've got to let the spirit come alive. And what will happen is your mind will tell you this is a waste of time. Your mind will tell you you're wasting your time because nothing is happening. In the beginning, it's a lot harder. It takes a lot longer to break through that stuff. I remember my spiritual mom one day, in the beginning, you know, youth pastor from Africa, here to do mighty things for God. I'm busy. I'm very important. I've got a lot going on. And she said, we're going to have a meeting. We're going to have a meeting. And she, we're in this house, you know, which was our office, and there was an empty room with nothing in it. She said, stay in this room until I come back. <laughs> Nothing in the room, a window. I don't have water. There's, there was a bathroom, you know, but I'm not drinking tap water. You know how bougie we are. <laughs> so one hour goes by, and she has not returned. And I am furious. I am pacing the room. Who does this woman think she is? Does she not know who I am? Does she not know the things that I have on my list to do? I am a father. I have got kids. I have a wife. I have work to do. I have a vision to fulfill. There are people that need me. I got graphics and promotions and videos to do. And, and you're so self-important, so wrapped up in all the things that you're doing that you've got all this stuff about selfish and all this stuff stirring in you that you're blind and you cannot even enjoy the presence of God. So caught up in you and what you got to do. Two hours go by. After two hours, they're like, what do you do? Like, you just got to, you get over yourself and you're just like waiting. So now you're just like, okay, all right, I'm over my frustrations, whatever. I'm stuck in here till she gets back. Okay, what now? Three hours later, SpongeBob SquarePants. Four hours later. And now at this point, I'm just done. I'm just waiting. Maybe she's forgotten about me, but I don't care. I'm just lying on the floor. And then finally, she walks in the door. When she prayed for me, the power of God hit me so hard. Like electricity was running through my body. And family, you have to break through all the self-important stuff that you think you have to do. You've got to break through that thing. And the way that you break through it is you make yourself lie down and let all that weight and all that responsibility and all that stuff break off you. And you come to the place where you realize, if I don't touch heaven, my life does not change. If I don't encounter God, all the works that I'm doing in my own strength aren't going to make a difference to my life. And you have to break through the busyness of life and through all the things that you think are more important than your time with the presence of God. This is just real stuff. These are battles that I've had to break through. It took me years to figure out. If somebody had helped me understand this 20 years ago, 30 years ago, I would be in a different place today. I would have grown quicker. 
but are you ready to hear what I'm actually telling you? And are you going to do the work to break through to have your encounter with God? What are you willing to give up to meet with Him? What are you willing to give up to know what's in His heart for your life? What are you willing to give up to find out what's in His heart concerning your children and your grandchildren? Or are you sitting on a device and allowing entertainment to consume your mind and waste your life away? I get it. I understand how busy it is. But the Lord has graced me to the point where I can get up at 3 a.m. in the morning when it's quiet and nobody's awake. And I'll go sit and spend time with the Lord. And I trust the Lord to strengthen me for the day. Amen? Are you hearing what I'm telling you today? If you want to experience the life of God, you have to come where life is being released. You have to come to the author of life. Church isn't going to fix it for you. You're supposed to learn the things here for you to have this relationship with the Lord where you walk with Him Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Praise here is for you to understand what to do when you're in turmoil and when you feel pressure and stress coming on you where you don't know what to do and you feel like you're going to go into depression, you need to take pills and go smoke weed and drink a bottle of wine. No, praise and let the Spirit of God flood your heart and bring you into peace because you're putting your trust in the Lord. Are you with me? These are choices, and you have to choose life's way of doing things instead of the old way of doing things. That's just going to lead you to destruction. But it's real comfortable to slip back into the old ways to release the pressure. But there's a new way of living that you need to discover in God. Amen? First uh, Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9 says this. It says... The eye has not seen, the ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love Him. And God reveals these things to you by His Spirit. And there's things that the Holy Spirit wants to show you. There's things that the Lord wants to reveal to you that will literally change your life. And so the other day I was spending time with the Lord. And, and so I have this vision where the Lord shows me a door in front of me. I'm standing in front of this door, and I see a key come by me, go into the door hole, and I watch the mechanism inside the door unlock, cogs and wheels, and the door unlocks. The door opens, and I walk into this room. As I walk into this room, the door closes behind me, and I'm in a small room. It's kind of round. It's not very big. There's a ladder to my right-hand side, and I'm in a library. There's shelves from the floor going up as far as I can see. And it's a shelf and then books and then shelf and then books. And these books are right next to each other. And I don't see anything except books and this ladder in front of me. Dim light in the room. And as I'm standing in this room, I see a book right in front of me. And suddenly the words wisdom appear on it in gold letters. So I reach out and grab the book and I open the book. As I open this book, the pages are translucent and the pages are gold and there is depth to this book. I can see into it. And out of the depths of this book comes a scripture and the scripture says Proverbs 3.15. I have no idea what Proverbs 3.15 is. And so 
after this encounter, I go look up Proverbs 3.15, and it says, Wisdom is more precious than rubies, and nothing you desire can compare with her. I'll never see that scripture again the same way. You can read your Bible and read Proverbs 3.15. Rubies, wonderful, nothing you desire, wisdom, woo! Read the next one. But now I've had an encounter with this library room of the books of wisdom that I have been given access to where I can come in anytime I want to because I know how to get in there now. And I can draw from the books of wisdom that God has. Are you with me? So this is mystery, guys. This is the secret things that you will grow into starting to discover in your relationship with the Lord. So I'm standing in this room, and this is all experience in the Spirit, God teaching me things and God showing me things. We had somebody ask me earlier in our kickstart session, how do you know if it's from God or if it's coming from your mind? Well, this is not coming up from my mind. I can't make this stuff up. It's God revealing things heart to heart. And when the light of God shines in your heart, you see. It's natural. When the light shines in a dark room, you see. And it's the same with sitting in the presence of God. You wait in the presence of God until the light of God shines in your heart and you say, Lord, what do you want to show me? Now, you have to be grounded in the Word of God. Look at the person next to you and say, you have to be grounded in the Word of God. Otherwise, you will be seeing UFOs and aliens, and you will be coming up with all these crazy kinds of revelation. Are you with me? But I want to show you where you can get to, and I'm nowhere near where we can be. But I am growing in this thing, and I want you to grow too. Everybody with me? And so as I'm in this tower, suddenly I start ascending like I'm in an elevator, and I start going up the tower. As I go up this, this room, there's books all around me till I get to a ceiling, and then I pop through the ceiling, and now I'm sitting on a floor in a dark room, just sitting there. I'm totally at peace. I'm not cold. I'm not agitated. I'm just waiting once again. And while I'm sitting there waiting, suddenly... I realize the room has TV screens 360 all the way around in this room. And then I get pulled out and I see what I am sitting in. And I'm sitting in a tower that looks like a candle but is a lighthouse. And the vision ends. And so, Proverbs chapter 20 verse 27 says, The spirit or the conscience of man is the candle of the Lord. Searching and examining the innermost parts of his heart or of his being. So as you're sitting in the presence of God, the Lord examines your heart. But when God speaks to your heart, you begin to reflect the light of what he has spoken into you. And now you become a tower of refuge to lead other people to safety. This kind of stuff is the stuff that I'm talking about where God changes you. It's not stuff that you can be taught by me. It's stuff that you can only get in your relationship with God. At the same time, in this season when I'm having this encounter, the word worthy is uh, the song worthy. I can't get the song worthy out of my brain. 
right? And so I'm just singing this song, Worthy, everywhere that I'm going. Worthy is your name, Jesus. I can't stop playing it over and over and over. And so Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10 says, The name of the Lord is a strong tower. So this tower that I discovered in the kingdom of God is the tower of wisdom. There's access into this tower where there are books of wisdom that you can come into and that the Holy Spirit can reveal things to your heart. This is revelation knowledge. This is the Holy Spirit revealing things to you by His Spirit. These are the mysteries of God, guys. So there's the, the milk of the Word. There's the meat of the Word, but then there are mysteries. There are secret things that God wants to show you. And these are private, personal times with the Lord. And in this place, you are transformed and you are changed. Do you hear what I'm telling you? And so, this whole experience, I wrote it down, and I meditate on it. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30 said, God made Christ Jesus to be wisdom. So, you know how you get a journal that you buy from somebody? And you read the scripture, and then you read what they wrote. And that's your time with God. There's a whole other thing going on that's available to you than buying somebody else's journal. There are secret things that God wants to show you. I've been in the presence of the Lord where I hear words like, you're moving from renting to owning. See, those are the words I share with the church. But then there's other words that God reveals to me that are just for me. Are you with me? Comprende. Is it comprendo? Ah. Si. And so as you meditate on these things, what happens is revelation continues to unfold. And you get transformed and you get changed. So I want you to know, family, that this is just the beginning. Sunday morning church is not the end. It's just the beginning. This is where you're supposed to learn these things so that you can grow in the Spirit and that your walk with the Lord gets closer and closer and closer and closer to the point when His heart beats, your heart beats. And I'm so excited about this season because... Because I have struggled to get here. There's a struggle to enter into the rest of God. And I've broken through so many of the restraints that have kept me out of this place. And I, from the beginning, when we started the church, the vision that the Lord gave me, three months I wrote it out. He showed me how to lead people out of Egypt, through the wilderness, and into the promised land. I've been preaching that for 15 years. But as I've been preaching it, the Lord has actually walked me on that journey to where I'm finally in the promised land. I was able to share with people things along the way as I was walking the process. But now that I'm in this place, I'm at rest. Because I can look back 15 years, 16 years, and I can see the journey. I've walked the journey. It's become real to me. And now I can help you get there quicker. Are you with me? But if you don't want to walk the journey, 
then you can stay stuck in Egypt. You can do roundabouts in the wilderness. But I'm here to tell you, there's a place called the promised land, the presence of God, where you no longer live in sin. You no longer live in yourself, but you live in His presence. And you are fully surrendered, and your heart is clean. And your heart is the tablet of the Lord where He can write whatever He wants to write in there. And I'm telling you, 48 years old, I'm the happiest man alive. This is the best version of me. I'm in the best place I've ever been. And this is just the beginning. I'll share one last thing with you and then I'll pray for you. Go to the book of John chapter 3. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Johnny. So John chapter 1, there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. After dark one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Rabbi, he said, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. And Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everybody say the truth. Say Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. You can say it this way. Jesus is the way to the truth that will produce life. And he says, I tell you the truth, unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. So there is, there is an invitation for you to see into the realm of God. Look at the person next to you and say, you have been invited by God to see into his kingdom. And then it says here, what do you mean, exclaimed Nicodemus? How can an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? And Jesus replied, I assure you, or I tell you the truth, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and spirit. So, family, do you see that in your Bible? Do you know that you don't have to die to enter the kingdom? I want you to know that you can come to the place where you get access to the kingdom of God where you could literally enter it now. You say, what are you saying? I'm saying you can experience heaven on earth. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven.